All right, hello everyone. Welcome to SBYM Cast Episode Seven, and today we've got here with us a very special guest, a someone who I'd consider a good friend of mine. You know, <laughs> and today here, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the one and only director of the youth choir, confirmation teacher, retreat leader, retreat speaker, retreat MC, and even coordinator, the one and only Christine No. Hey. That's me, I guess. <laughs> I don't know about the good friend part, but sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you for, you know, making the time to come out. Well, not come out, but stay in and yeah. do this podcast with, with me because I, I think that you've got quite a few things to share with us that I think that, you know, some of our teens and just young adults nowadays could, you mm-hmm. know, could hear and it, it helped them just get along a little <clears throat> better through this quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It'll, well, thanks for inviting me, Carlos. I appreciate it. Well, of course, you know, anytime, anything, any, any day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, this definitely has taken a bit of a while to get to, but you know, now that we're doing the episode finally, it just I think that um we'll have a lot to cover and mm-hmm. we should just get started right away, you know. Yeah. So, Christine, sort of one of the first items on our list here of just things that I want to talk with you about and that I'd like for you to share with us is, mm-hmm. you know, just how we've been spending your quarantine. How how that go? <laughs> So, um, I don't know if you guys know, but I do work at an, I work at a doctor's office and it's actually an infectious disease clinic. So when this whole quarantine thing started, it was like around, I think the end of March, mid-March, end of March. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I guess I had like (laughs) this low exposure, um, incident with like a patient who tested positive for COVID. And I guess we didn't know at the time. So I got tested, and if you guys don't know, at the beginning, very beginning of quarantine, the testing for COVID was, like, very, um, like, it just started. It wasn't FDA approved and all that, and it was just, you know, like an emergent situation. So I got tested. It was a nasal swab, worst thing ever. (laughs) So please. I've I've heard about those. Uh, I've heard they kind of hurt. Yeah, um, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant at all. I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> but basically, um, I was waiting for my results. And of course, you know, during that time, I was like, quarantine, quarantine, like self isolation. So basically spent every day in my room, um, all day, every day. And I was hoping that the results were going to come back in like three to five days, because I guess that's what they were saying. But it came back in 10. <laughs> so I said 10 days, you know, just here in bed, binge watching Netflix, whatever I could do to pass the time. And but luckily it came back negative. Woo. So that was an exciting time. Thank the Lord, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I have to say that the beginning, like the very beginning of quarantine, you know, Carlos and I actually were preparing for the OC Youth Day. And that was supposed to be this huge, huge event. And we'd been preparing for a couple of weeks, like, I don't know, like a month almost. Yeah. And we were supposed to be co-MCs, you know, 
Carlos Christine that, duo. <laughs> at it again. <laughs> yeah. And it was really, it was really an exciting time for me because, you know, like we've emceed at like St. Barbara and stuff, but this was supposed to be like all of, you know, OC and we were expecting at least like a big event, you know, yeah, like a thousand to two thousand students from, you know, all over the county coming. And at the very beginning when quarantine started, I don't know if you guys remember that week, but it was like, hey, did you hear like Disneyland's going to close down? And then, hey, they, like, canceled this concert. And I remember messaging Carlos, and I was like, wait, are they going to cancel, like, Youth Day? And then we're like, I don't know. And, like, within a week, everything had just escalated, and everything was getting shut shut down. And I remember the day that they sent out an email, or I, I got a text or something, and they were like, yeah, so we're not having masses anymore at church. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is serious. We're like in a pandemic, you know? Yeah. And I was, I got this email like, you know, choirs are suspended and stuff. And for me, being like, you know, the coordinator of youth, youth choir, it was such a routine, you know, part of my, my week in my life that I remember that weekend, that first weekend where I didn't have any responsibility to go to mass, to coordinate, you know, choir practice, choose the music, I felt so, honestly, I felt so empty, like, <sighs> bringing it back, I, I got really, really emotional um, that first couple of weeks of quarantine, because I just felt like so much of my life was part of, like, St. Barbara, part of church, that I almost, <laughs> I felt like, like, what was my purpose? And I just, I remember sitting there and I was like, wow, what is my meaning in life now? <laughs> like, I, I know it sounds dramatic. <laughs> that's when you know the pandemic really hit you. Yeah, yeah, I know it really, okay, I, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I really thought like, I'm not teaching confirmation, mm -hmm. you know, like Sinhot for Tungi is, you know, suspended or whatever. Um, everything was just up in the air. You know, there was everything part of my church life was just on pause. And I thought, what am I going to do now? That's like meaningful, you know? So it was really tough for me um, the beginning of quarantine, but we all through it. I bet for a moment you thought, oh yeah, I'll just keep going to work. Then I was like, psych. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But after that whole scare and, you know, I, I'm, I'm at work and I've been working full time, you know, through it all. And it's been kind of what's kept me going throughout all this. Um, that's like the consistency I have in my life and like healthcare is the profession that I want to, you know, do for the rest of my life. So I think that's been good, but um, I really, really needed like to speak in like webcam with my friends like every day, every other day to really keep me like sane, <laughs> like honestly. For, for but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, now that we're in what June, almost July, it's yeah. been it's been crazy. But um, I guess starting everything up again with Zooms and slowly opening or whatever's going on, um, just staying connected has been good for me. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of how I've been getting through quarantine so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate because like, I didn't realize just how much time I spent at church and how little mm -hmm. time I spent at home. 
like yeah. how much time I spent at work, church, mm-hmm. and school, and like how few, how few of my hours in every of every one of my days went into just kind of being at home and like having dinner with my parents or just having lunch with my mom when she's like you know on a weekend not working, and I was like, whoa, like when was the last time I did this? Yeah, it was, it was weird almost because mm-hmm. it had been so long since I hadn't done something mm-hmm. like that. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I was just sitting there and I was like, wow, this 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 doesn't, whoa, this is, what kind of feeling is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go to, I don't have to, like, you know, I don't have any youth ministry meetings. I don't have to go teach class. I don't have to prepare for, you know, OC, OC Youth Day. Mm-hmm. I don't have to prepare any for like meetings right now. Why? Because everything just got shut down, you know. Mm-hmm. And really, like you brought that up that first week where, where like they started saying, "All right, this is closed. This is now not happening. This has been delayed. This has been shut down. This program is no longer, you know, going to be functioning indefinitely." Yeah. That yeah. was the scariest part that everything mm-hmm. got shut down indefinitely. So we had no idea mm-hmm. of will we ever get to do this again and Mm -hmm. that was really one of the parts where like it made you go like whoa this thing's real this thing's yeah Yeah. and it's it's really affecting like the fact that it affected everyone's daily routine is i think one of the like aspects about the whole you know pandemic that made it seem very like scary and made Mm -hmm. it made it seem very like movie-like because Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, we hadn't experienced anything like this, especially in America. Because, I mean, yeah. the, the plague and all that stuff, you always hear in, like, history, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always, like, Europe. <laughs> 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 it's, never, it's never anything here in yeah. you know, yeah. either North or South America. I mean, mm-hmm. unless, unless we're talking, like, conquistadors. But that's, <laughs> that's for a, another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go into that history. Yeah, yeah. Into that. <laughs> definitely not today. But yeah. you know, just you mentioned that SB kind of like St. Barbara is just a large part of your of your life now. Mm-hmm. But you know, one of the things I you know wanted you to share with us is sort of like how did how did it come to be such a huge part of your life? Mm. I mean, your daily life and even your routine. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was like, I was born here, like at St. Barbara. My parents were, you know, back then they were in the choir. So I was always at St. Barbara, but I think growing up, I remember, so I was in, um, enrolled in Tungi, the Vietnamese Eucharistic Youth Movement um, at St. Barbara. And I was in there since like UB, which was like six or seven years old. And when I was young, I like hated Tungi. <laughs> I hated going every Saturday because I just I didn't have friends. I didn't see the point of it because I went to a Christian school when I was young. But I think around um, around middle school, when I finally transferred over to public schools and I started to make more friends, that's when I started to get more involved. And around that time, I started to TA for Yaoli or the like the Vietnamese Bible education. And, you know, that was nice for me. I, like, started getting more involved in church. But teaching for me wasn't, like, it wasn't for me, I think, because I guess I wanted to do more than just sit in the office and, like, staple papers. And, you know, that's kind of what I was doing in, like, eighth grade. 
but um around like um my yellow years like teenage years or yellow kind like you see years um that's when i really really got into like saint barbara into tungi into the whole community i you know had the closest friends the best support system and that's when i really decided like hey like i want to be a leader and so i helped out with like little things in the church here and there like there was like that um is it the eighth grade retreat for like the bible studies and i think they used to have an eighth grade retreat for i was in here during that time yeah well i would help with like little events here and there or like adoration nights and stuff like mm-hmm. that um but then when i started co- my confirmation like i was still a confirmation student mm-hmm. i started helping out with confirmation retreats like just doing kitchen duty you oh. know and me and my friends we like would stay in the kitchen this is when they used to have retreats in the gym yeah <laughs> so we would be back in that kitchen just like cooking cupcakes or whatever and hanging out and for me i was like you know i was so immersed and so um i felt so comfortable in the whole community that mm-hmm. st barbara had and then i started to ta for confirmation um after i got confirmed i got more and more into confirmation i started helping with retreats and i think about 5 years ago um i around the time i became a hunjung which is the youth yeah. leader in tungi i got my red kun my red scarf um that's when chris niem at the time was the youth minister and he invited me to restart up the youth choir and i yeah. said youth choir we have a youth mass like what <laughs> and chris was like yeah i know and he was like yeah kind of died down cuz like you know we kind of lost the band and stuff so i'd like you to join me and so at the time i was just singing you know um we organized it we we started as like a little band and i was the lead singer and it slowly evolved when like will joined us as the pianist and we you know we really like have evolved cuz at first we were getting help from um other churches like holy spirit and oh. then yeah you guys know I, but I, it's I, been I it's that. been several several years and it mm-hmm. kind of led to me now um i stopped being a ta and i turned into a confirmation one teacher cuz one day i realized hey like sister i took a break from tungi sorry yeah. everything is all jumbled <laughs> because my history with sv <laughs> is like long like it's yeah, just yeah. long it's my whole life you know yeah but basically i took a break from tungi and i told sister hey like i need more like i want to teach mm-hmm. and so i told her i want to be a confirmation one teacher and i got paired with john who if you guys don't know John best guy best youth leader best teacher he is my role model and I've actually he, had Chris and John on this uh, yeah. podcast now so <laughs> those people were really like role models to me and they really brought me into the church more and more you know i was already comfortable but they they showed me like what it was like to give back to the church to be a leader to continue serving and to find like fulfillment and joy out of that So now leading up to now I'm still confirmation one teacher co-teaching with John um I'm now coordinator of youth choir and those things have become so ingrained in my daily life that I I don't know what I do without it like I'd be in quarantine I guess but like if I didn't have a choice like um I I just 
I love it. And I love being part of this community. And it's just, it doesn't just um, bring me into a place where I can, you know, um, grow closer to people who share the same faith as me, but I really do grow closer and stronger in my faith and my relationship with God through serving. Cause I think serving others is a form of like serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that being at St. Barbara and every single role that I've taken on every single, you know, retreat I've led and all those things, they've really, really grown me into the person I am today. And I don't know. It's just like what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I've met amazing people like Carlos, my good friend. (laughs) But I just have so many like great experiences, you know, with everything. And, you know, like if I were to speak to the youth and it's just, it's something you got to try. If you're even like hesitant, you just got to go for it. And you'll realize that, you know, the best things happen when you least expect it, I think. So all these roles that I've been given kind of were like thrown on me, <laughs> like Carlos would know. But yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely know you. <laughs> when things kind of just come your way, and you're like, wait, wait, but this is not supposed to be happening like this. Yeah, but it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it's it's one of the uh, it's one of the reasons why. When somebody like told me the, um, it's like a, how to put it, it's a quote that I, I have no idea who said it. I forgot who told, who like said it to me or who I heard it from. But till this day, it's one of the ones that I remember the most because I've, ex- I've experienced it myself and I'm guessing you've experienced it also. And it's the one where it goes that um, God doesn't choose the, um, God, oh, God doesn't prepare the, no. Shoot! Oh, he okay, Here we go. God doesn't choose the prepared; he prepares the chosen. There we go. Mm. And it's wow. like, I mean, I like it, it's it's so true because a lot of the times, mm. again, like you said, it's like things just kind of get thrown your way. And you're just like, do we go with it? Like, what's the flow <laughs> here? You know? And, yeah. And yeah. Kinda, sometimes you do take the if you can, you know, you take the time to pray about it. But mm. even if you don't pray about it a lot of the times you end up going like all right let's go with it you know let's roll with it because <laughs> yeah. who knows is, is, it, is it part of his plan is it is it not yeah. well guess we'll just have to try and find out you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah god has a plan for sure <laughs> <laughs> definitely and i mean a lot of the times also i, I tell my teens to you and it's like not everything that we do or not everything that comes our way is part of his plan but he mm-hmm. does plan to be with us through it all, you know? Yeah. And that's one of, one of the things that I actually, um, I went, I heard that one. I do remember who I heard that one from. And I heard it from Chris, the mm-hmm. other Chris from Holy Spirit. Oh. Yeah, I went, I remember mm-hmm. uh, one summer I kind of started going to their youth nights a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the lines that he said that really stuck with me. And, you know, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah saying it to the teens at you know at my meetings and not here on this podcast too because I think it's just it's one of the things that um really sticks with me because once you start to allow yourself to get involved with the like you know the church community and just Mm -hmm. serving in general like Mm -hmm. all these things you hear you start to feel them within yourself and you're just like 
yeah. whoa, am I supposed to feel like this? You know, like, <laughs> like I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting this to be true. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that weird feeling that you get when you experience something that you've only ever heard about and you like experience it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about experiences, I think that some of the best ones that you can find, whether you're, whether you're a confirmation student, um, you know, a, a confirmation teacher, whether you're a youth minister student or a TUNE student, some of those best experiences you can find within, you know, where you're gathered and you get that feeling of community and you get that feeling of solidarity of, you know, others sharing your faith and not just them sharing with you, but you also sharing with them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the retreat experience, I think. And yeah. you and I are, are we both know <laughs> the retreat experience. I, I think, you know, pretty well, both inside yeah. and out, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of the times retreats are very, um, how would I put it? They're very, um, they're, they're very, people sleep on retreats. There we go. Like people, <laughs> a lot of people are sleeping on retreats because they think, oh no, a weekend where I have to give up my whole 48 hours where I'm <laughs> probably going to spend them doing homework or, you know, mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's like, oh man, I'm going to give that up just to be with a bunch of random people I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's truly like, miraculous just what 48 hours with random people being led by you know a spiritual spiritual leader whether it be um you know uh, a deacon a priest a nun i mean even a youth minister and a youth choir coordinator you know it can be really miraculous just what you can go through in those 48 hours away from Mm -hmm. i mean um Christina, like, uh, how many retreats would you can? How many <laughs> retreats would you say you've been on? Like been on, just been on. Whether yeah, like, I was like a retreat like, tent or a leader. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I have to say, I think I've been on retreats. Well, I've been helping for the past like ten years now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm only twenty four, but I've been helping for quite a while. But um shoot i would honestly say that i've been on at least 40 retreats in my lifetime at least 40 maybe more like i don't know there's about two to three retreats every year and then i've gone on retreats separate from saint barbara i've helped at other churches and i've also gone on my own spiritual retreats like i went on um, some silent retreats in college with my own catholic group and yeah, every experience is so different and it's so new. And um, if we're talking retreats, I think I, I want to talk about, you know, our last retreat together. <laughs> you and me, yeah. Carlos. Um, that that so, was definitely quite the experience, both uh-huh. spiritual and, you know, just adult-like. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that retreat, oh my gosh, it felt like forever ago, but it was only January. Yeah. It was January yeah. this year, and for, you know, I don't know who listens to these podcasts, but, you know, <laughs> for all those Confirmation 2 students that were there, yeah. 
uh, you guys experienced me and Carlos and along with our two other um, core team members, Tecla and Peter. Shout out to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, te- that was our... Tecla, Tecla was actually also on the podcast. With yeah, me. yeah. So All right, I guess Peter yeah. is next. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was um, the first time... We led a retreat without sister. Oh, man. And, you know, as much as, like, all the the crazy and stress leading up to it, obviously you guys didn't see all that, but, you know, our team and all of the retreat leaders, we really came together. And I have to say that that's when I really thought, wow, God is testing us. Like, God had just thrown this here, and he was like, I, you guys are ready, I guess, or you will be, or you have to be, because this is your, your retreat, you know? God and, really, he really just went, <laughs> went and told us, you know, like, you ever, you ever led a retreat? No? Well, you're going to learn today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there was, well, we did have John guiding us. So what yes, did we yes, call him? John. He was our elder. <laughs> He was, uh, he was a wise elder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, though, I have to say that retreat was so amazing in so many different ways. And, um, well, me and you, we were more of the, the MC mm-hmm. coordinators, and the other two were, like, the, the TLC, like, making sure everything TLC was running smooth in the background. Um, but it was so interesting because, you know, before that, retreats I'd always been um, either music, TLC, kitchen, or leader. And for me, I love them all. I love all the roles. But being a leader was always what really, you know, hit me. And that's what I had always taken out of these retreats was connecting with just your small family and really being able to get to know one, one another and, you know, we share experiences. If you've ever been to a retreat, you know how it is during our sharings. And we share about family and about faith and our doubts and our fears and our joys. And it's everything, you know, as much as you want to open up. And, you know, this past retreat in January, you know, it was great. Like me and you were like, we're dancing, we're doing theme song, we're throwing out all the energy. Yeah. But... All the energy we had and even the we yeah. didn't have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was a humbling experience. I have to admit, it's really, really difficult to lead such a large team of leaders, but it's really easy when you have that support, when you have these amazing youth leaders at St. Barbara who are there for the kids, who are there for their faith and who really, you know, are, they're going to, we're going to hold hands and walk each other through it. And I felt so empowered by having those people support me. But, like, I remember a big moment for me was um, Saturday night after, at the very end of adoration, we'd done this light bulb activity and we lit up, uh, we lit up the cross. Yeah. And that, to me, was like, wow. Like, I think I sat there in awe and I felt God. I felt God's presence just glowing there like shining so brightly in every like that whole environment I was just so immersed and I remember thinking all right 
I may have been a really bad MC. We may have totally failed, but right Wait, now, debatable, debatable. <laughs> right now, right here, like God is here, and that is what I feel like the whole retreat experience is about. It's about you know trying to experience God in any possible way, you know whether it's through others, whether it's through these activities, through your prayers, through confession. And I remember just staring at the cross and. I, I don't know, I did a little prayer or something like that. And I just felt so at peace. And that was like the peak of the retreat for me, you know, that moment and leading up to adoration, it's always the peak, right? Like Saturday yeah, night. Yeah. It's, yeah, and, uh, it's, I mean, yeah. We, we got to be the ones also kind of like, how to put it, setting up the actual experience. Cause you know, a lot mm -hmm. of the times, you don't actually get to be a part of the setup. You don't get to be mm. the one who makes this whole, like, uh, this whole machination of just, like, <laughs> we put the students through this, like, you know, very uh, methodical process of just, we, we get them, we got to soften them up, you know, with some icebreakers. <laughs> we got to break them down with some, you know, uh, really, like, uh, heart, you know, just, just, just heart-to-heart -heart conversations, mm -hmm. some really good, like, speaker sharings. And by mm -hmm. the time that, you know, they're at their most vulnerable, we got to hit them with that adoration. Yeah. We got we to make sure that, you know, they're, they're you know, open enough to let themselves feel that love, feel that presence, mm -hmm. feel that faith around them. And, mm -hmm. you know, all the times you're just the one that's like, okay, so what do I got to do next on this list of, like, activities and items? Yeah. We got to tell them. <laughs> You know, to to be one of the people that are like, you know, thinking that whole process out was mm -hmm. definitely like, whoa! How does like sister do this? A lot of the yeah. Time? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't know how sister is timekeeper. Like everything, schedule, make like I can't yeah. even tell you the amount of effort and work it takes. To, to put into a retreat, which is really only, like you said, 48 hours. It's like from Friday yeah. to Sunday, you know, but it's a lot of work. But I have to admit that it is so fulfilling yeah. when just one student, when you know that you impacted just one student, like that's enough. And I have to say I really um, missed out. Like I felt like, oh, I love being a leader, but being MC, mm -hmm. you don't get to have all those like really close conversations yeah. and sharings like you do when you're in a family. Yeah, definitely. But even so, you know, you have your own part to play. And I remember another thing that really hit me was I got a note, you know, on Friday, or, sorry, Sunday, we wrote oh, yeah. notes. And yeah. it was literally, it was one sentence. But from it was from a student that I had taught in Confirmation 1. And mm -hmm. we're at the Confirmation 2 retreat. And he wrote this note didn't even put his name on it but I knew it was him because he like dropped it in my little thing you know <laughs> and he said come on those are supposed to be like confidential <laughs> <laughs> but it said um if it weren't for you I probably wouldn't be here and that that was it that was it for me like that was like wow you know I taught him in a year you know I don't even and that's when I realized, like, you don't realize the impact you have on the people around you. Like, you really will go your entire life and never know how much you impact others, how much, like, people can look up to you or people really treat you as a close friend or view you a certain way. Mm -hmm. 
you know, as much as us leaders, we get fulfillment in the students we teach, but there are students that we may have never had a one-on-one -on -one with, and yet that's how they feel. You know, they feel like we've guided them in a certain way, and that's what, you know, that's what being a youth leader and being a teacher is all about. It's, you know, making this impact, whether or not we get to hear it from them, you know, we can, like, at least find solace in knowing that we're doing good, and we're, we're serving others, and we're, we're making an impact in as little or as small, you know, you know what to say? You, uh, you know what this is, Carlos? Uh, I, I mean, I, I believe I, it was I from, I do. from I Mother do, Teresa herself. She said, I'm, I'm do small things, do, do, do the small things with great love. <laughs> did, did I hear that correctly? <laughs> For those of you who may not know, you know, in case you didn't go to the retreat, that was perhaps the line that, uh, we heard the most leading up to the retreat in every email, in <laughs> you know every one of the like fifty plus emails we received <laughs> as you know retreat leaders leading up to the retreat, and then during the retreat we you know definitely heard a good good <laughs> had a good share of that you know kind of just be repeated over and over. But you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely a line that I'll never forget. You know why i'll just I'll, I'll leave that out you know <laughs> but i always forget i always remember that line and it'll always just be attached to that memory of the retreat you know yeah whether it's it's for a good thing or a bad thing i mean <laughs> at this point i can't even tell anymore but uh you know it, it's just there it's stuck in my memory now yeah but it's a good one it's a good one <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, Mother Teresa, she's a, she's a real one, you know? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, well, how was the retreat for you, you know, being co MC and all? <laughs> I mean, I have to say, definitely, um, I've emceed before, and yeah. I actually, for this retreat, Sister had, before she said she couldn't, you know, do it with us anymore, and mm -hmm. she asked, um, she asked if we could take over, before mm -hmm. that, she had told me, like, hey, you know, do you plan on emceeing for the Confirmation 2 retreat? Because I had already emceed for both Confirmation 1 retreats. And mm -hmm. I told her that, sister, I kind of want to, uh, this year, you know, I kind of want to take a break for emceeing. <laughs> and I kind of want to go back to being a retreat, uh, you know, a group leader. Because mm -hmm. the previous year, I had, I think it was the previous year, or it was already perhaps the second year I started emceeing just because um, the first time I emceed, they were like, uh, they just told me like, Hey, you know, um, I need, they need me more doing other stuff during the retreat. So I can't emcee. And I was like, Oh man, that sucks. So who are you going to pick? And she's like, you. And I was like, that sucks too. <laughs> I mean, at least that's what at the moment I thought I was like, man, that kind of sucks too. Cause I, I was looking forward to having my, mm -hmm. you know, my little retreat family and then we could talk yeah. with each other, you know, mm -hmm. I could uh, get, get, go through with them in that experience. Because again, it was like the only kind of experience or it was the second experience I'd had within a retreat because I mean, first off I had been a, you know, a participant and then I had mm -hmm. been a uh, part of the TLC group. And I mean, 
TLC is great, and I think that everybody within TLC really just no retreat can ever be done without a dedicated team of TLC. You know, yeah, and for sure. Like, props, shout outs to anyone who works <laughs> in you know in retreat TLC, but you know I had been in it, and I don't know. I just, it wasn't for me, you know, because uh, I longed for that, you know, like just kind of making connections because mm -hmm. I, I myself already am a very talkative person. And I mean, mm -hmm. even while I was in TLC, as I'd go around, you know, handing stuff to the group members, I'd be like, yo, so what's going on here? You know, like, you guys <laughs> I was like in the retreat. <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah. they, I, I was just like, I wanted that that experience and I finally got it and you know I finally got to be a retreat leader like on the next retreat and you know I, I was a, I was a co-retreat leader and I hadn't actually gotten the chance to be like on my own retreat leader right because I'd always mm -hmm. had like a partner and because of this retreat specifically sister was already like oh you know we're gonna have we don't have that many leaders already so it's like oh yes this is my chance <laughs> this is the one where I get to be a retreat leader all on my own and yeah then sister you know she tells me like I was hoping you could you could be MC for this one too and I was like sister please don't do that to me because you know as, as some of you may or may not know it's very difficult to say no to a sister I don't know there's just there's something about it yeah. that it's like you For know sure. like oh, can, can you please help me out with this they're just they're just too dang nice man mm. <laughs> and so it's it's very difficult to say no to a sister and you know obviously I, I was like like really like you don't have anyone else like <laughs> like I'll do it if you really just don't have anyone else you know and yeah. she's like I don't and I was like okay <laughs> you know and that was even before the whole hey guys I can't make it anymore so I need you guys yeah. to kind of carry on with what I had already planned mm -hmm. and you know execute mm -hmm. it then once that came along it, it was just uh it's just like a whirlwind of people you gotta people you have to you know coordinate with people you gotta yeah. talk to things you gotta go get and i mean mm -hmm. i a, a lot of that i mean you guys did and i was i was there for part of that sort of like set up before the retreat and then at the actual retreat is really when i where i did most of my part and mm -hmm. you know i being so involved with the planning and being able to you know see the planning that i had taken a part of be fulfilled it really mm -hmm. is like you know that whole that idea of serving others and seeing your service kind of you know impact others it's really mm -hmm. it's very very touching very moving and it moves you in that direction of i want to continue serving i want to continue yeah. helping you know mm -hmm. because it, it it reignites in you that those memories, those feelings that you have also felt before. And that, that feeling of sharing your faith with others, that feeling of, you know, knowing that you're loved, whether, whether, you know, like you're, you're feeling that at the retreat, you're feeling that after the retreat, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you want others mm -hmm. to also feel that way. And, you know, yeah. a lot of the times that's why, you know, people decide to volunteer, people decide to serve. You know, because they want to share with others that feeling. Because I mean, mm -hmm. 
it, it's something that is really powerful. And yeah. I think that a lot of the times we only ever go to one retreat in our whole lives as per, one or two, you know, a lot of the times, because mm-hmm. again, for confirmation program, we only have two retreats and yeah, for the majority most most uh most teenagers most young adults only ever go to those two retreats yeah and then later on they're they kind of like feel like they're they're missing that retreat experience that experience of i want to take a break just from everything you know and Mm kind of just let myself focus on something else focus on something that doesn't just bring me up a boatload of stress, something that doesn't include school, something that doesn't include my family. But, you know, mm-hmm. eventually you do kind of like start to think about those things as as you're at the retreat, as you're letting yourself kind of kind of go, kind of retreat in a sense. Right? Yeah. That's the way sister kind of explained it, you know, same way that in army retreats, whenever they're being overwhelmed, you know, it, it's important for us to retreat whenever we're also being overwhelmed by just everyday things like you know routine and I personally kind of I kind of think that if we see this whole quarantine thing this whole this pandemic that has caused us to retreat from our Mm -hmm. daily lives you know Mm -hmm. in a very forceful way too (laughs) it's it's not like it's not like any of us had a choice I mean yeah yeah. a lot of the confirmation students don't have a choice either their parents are Mm -hmm. like you're going and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, the students kind of say, I don't want to, but the parents just kind of go back, hit them with the, you don't got a choice, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this this pandemic has been another one of those instances where like, we didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know? And the same way in which retreats, if you don't give 100%, you're not going to get 100% back. Yeah. It all, I personally believe that whenever it comes to anything, any experience in which you get the chance to reflect, to meditate, to, mm-hmm. you know, think really, because I, I don't think we have or we take enough time ever to think just as people, you know, we don't yeah. always, we either don't get it or we don't take it, you know, mm-hmm. we don't take the time to think about things. And mm-hmm. I mean, we were just given basically two and a half three whole months to think to retreat because Mm -hmm. i mean an illness got so overwhelming that we were all forced to retreat from everything yeah so i mean obviously um everyone kind of will have that experience in their own way but Mm -hmm. if you kind of like put yourself into that setting of what if i take this not as something that i've been not as something that i've received as a punishment almost because i think sometimes young adults people students everyone kind of sees this idea of a timeout you know mm-hmm. as a punishment this idea yeah. of taking a break from everything as a punishment because you're like but i don't get to do the things i enjoy now yeah. I don't get the I don't get to do the um going out with friends. I don't get to do the uh you know, going out to the beach, going out to get some food, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't get to do that now. And because something's been taken away, they feel that it's a punishment, you know. Yeah. Church took your whole weekend. Oh man, this is a punishment, you know. <laughs> 
think, I, I don't know if you also feel that way, but I mean, I, I think that if if you change the way you think about it, a mm -hmm. lot can come out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, at the beginning of this quarantine, I was pretty miserable too. Because yeah. it, it was just, it, it's not the norm, you know, whatever you're used to. But, it, you know, I guess that's relative to every person. Because for me, it's mm. not the norm. I'm used to seeing my friends almost every day, honestly. Like, I spend time with people every single day. Every single weekend, I go to church, you know, we hang out. And all of that is the norm for me. And, you know, if you know me, I'm like a very extroverted person. I love being in the presence of like good company. Yeah. And so, you know, being forced to like not experience that anymore, to take a break was really difficult because now I'm like, well, now I have all this time alone and I could do all the things on my list of things to do. <laughs> like I have this list, you know, learn a new instrument, learn, you know, practice calligraphy, oh, um, you know, build a computer. Like I have these things to do, learn, learn to cook. But it's like, I think at the beginning I was so, you know, wrapped up in the idea, like I'm trapped and I felt trapped, you know, that like, I can't leave my house. I can't go anywhere. I can't see anyone or, you know, I might catch the COVID. Like it was so like, you know, it, it was like, it, it, I felt like I was just, I was miserable because I was trapped. But I think slowly as, you know, um, these months have gone by, I, I kind of tried to change my perspective, you know, and I, I used, I think I was a little upset um, at the beginning. I, was, I remember I was talking to God and I was like, God, like, What's the point of this? Like, people are just dying, you know? Yeah. Like, people are losing their jobs. And, like, like, what's the good that comes out of this? <laughs> then, you know, the protests and the riots and, you know, all of this was just happening all at once. And then there was, like, that hot second that, like, murder hornets were, like, there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were there, like in and out hot second but like yeah it's like I, the, uh, <laughs> you know like what's the global event this month you know yeah 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 and like every week was a new thing and i remember i was like god like what what is the silver lining in all this you know like how am i supposed to find joy when i can't go to church i can't how can i serve you if i can't see anyone you know i can't talk to anyone unless it's through here and at first i was just i was almost like a little upset i was you know God, people are dying. <laughs> I can't do anything yeah. to stop it. There's so much bad and hurt going on in the world. People are arguing just in their families, too, about all these touchy subjects. And then slowly, you know, I started to look, okay, let's, let's count my blessings. Let's look at the positive in this. You know, I still have a job. I still have friends. I have internet where I can webcam with them, someone every day. It's not like I'm, like, totally cut off from the rest of the world. And yeah. I started to list all of my blessings. You know, then I started to think, okay, is there positive change coming about in the world? And as like, you know, the BLM movement has happened, B BLM movement, <laughs> you know, and all these things and, you know, okay, pandem pandemic's going to happen, but, you know, pandemics happen. They happen in history. We, you know, medical advances happen. We have a vaccine and we move on, you know. And I started to think, okay, this isn't going to last forever, even though it feels, <laughs> gosh, it feels like yeah. forever. But it's not, you know, it's not. And it's all part of the, the whole cycle of life. And I thought, you know, maybe the earth is healing a little. 
like you know we're not consuming as much we're not using all these um uh we're not driving like the streets are empty you know all of these gases and oils like and okay maybe the earth is healing a little or maybe maybe we're there's going to be change and you know as this movement is happening these protests and everything i thought you know hopefully sometime in the future like when i'm old and like i've had grandkids i'll look back and think like you know i was there alive in a time that we instigated like good change you know when the world really changed we went through a pandemic pandemic and we survived and you know maybe there's more equality in the world and people are having better rights and and so i really started to like yeah. try to think more positively about everything that is going on you know regardless of the arguments and the the hurt and the the killing and all that there it's really easy to get wrapped in all of the negative news because you turn on the news you turn on social media that's kind of all you see yeah. but when you take a step back and you think like okay let's have hope in humanity Let's have hope that there's a reason behind everything we're trying to do. We're trying to get done here and you know, we're going to make some positive change and we may not see it now, but hopefully in the future, you know, at the end of our lifetime, we'll see that, you know, in that time that we suffered and we had to go through Zoom classes and like, you know, we couldn't go to the Zoom, beach or Zoom whatever. Zoom graduations, like. Yeah, Zoom graduations. And I thought, you know what, I'm lucky because I'm not in school right now. I'm not graduating. I'm not missing my prom. And I'm so sorry to yeah. all those who are missing out on weddings, like birthday, like whatever it is, big events in your life. Um, yeah. You know, it's just one year, hopefully, you know, and, you know. It's just, it's going to pass and hopefully what comes from it is more good and more advances and more knowledge of, hey, maybe we should have better hygiene and not be sneezing on each other all day. Like, you know, it's yeah. just the little things. And, but for me, I've been trying to be more connected in my faith, but I have to admit it's really, it's really hard. But I went to mass yesterday at St. Barbara in the, in the field and it was really weird. Like you hit, like I saw a car drive into the field like during the homily. <laughs> like like I'm thinking like you could have parked in the parking lot and walked in, but they drove straight into the field like as the homily was beginning. Like I mean, okay. People still walk in like into mass while the Yeah, yeah. Happening. But it, it's almost like someone walking in like across the front of the church, you know. <laughs> like as the homily's about to I mean, begin. Like, but, like, uh, I, like I was telling you, you know, when we were talking, uh, leading up to this this uh, podcast, you know, I was telling you like, mm -hmm. there, there's always gonna be like the one person who like lets their kid run around, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I guess this car was like the equivalent to, to that, you know. Yeah, their, their car alarm goes off like during the <laughs> yeah. reading, you know, like oh, it all man. happens. But it was really nice, I have to admit, like coming back to church, even in you know not the norm of what we have for mass, but. It was so nice. So I would encourage you all, you know, if you feel safe enough and comfortable enough, like social distance, six feet apart. But like, it was so nice being there in the presence of the priests and the, the EMs and the it just the community, you know, in the little steps that we're taking. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm trying to, you know, pray more, stay in touch. But I have to admit, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, and I mean, 
like the the whole uh what, what, there is a god-given gift that's just a complete miracle i think that every human being has and it's literally the ability to adapt you know our yeah. adaptability is you know what makes us just be able to overcome anything really mm-hmm. and again we just have to adapt to the way things are at the moment because we don't know if they'll still stay like this we don't know if they'll change we don't know if they'll worsen or get better you know Mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of the times worrying about whether or not something will get better or worse tends to make you miss out on what is actually happening in the now you know Mm -hmm. you, you tend to lose that ability to adapt because you're wondering what is coming in the future and i mean mm-hmm. that nobody really knows i mean none of us know which which it'll be if the, it's the uh the rise of the alligators or something from the schoolers <laughs> next week or i don't know uh, are we gonna get the first confirmed i mean like you have the the uh the pentagon like confirming ufos you know like <laughs> what's it gonna be next <laughs> you know? like, people have too much time on their hands <laughs> Exactly. Like, oh man, I. Yeah. Again, like n- nobody can see, you know, what's gonna happen next. Sure, we can predict. Mm-hmm. We can make our assumptions. We can make our theories of when the vaccine will come out. Of you know how large this uh you know curve is gonna go, mm-hmm. you know, or how flat it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I mean, a few days ago none of us had to wear face masks or everyone had to wear face masks then for a hot minute you know nobody did <laughs> we and did now it, we're, yeah and now we're all back to wearing face masks yeah you know? and it's like uh, what <laughs> mm-hmm. we really don't know just if if or when you know mother nature our government people in general our community is going to get their you know is going to get it together you know it's going to you know get set on what exactly they want to do what steps they want to follow what mm-hmm. you know it, it's that fear of just general uncertainty that yeah many times stops us from being able to think about the the current experience and adapt to it accordingly mm-hmm. and yeah i think that that's why retreats are such like a powerful experience because it stops you from thinking about what am I doing tomorrow? You know, mm-hmm. what am I gonna have for dinner tomorrow? You know, that's like yeah, one of the one of the things that you know just who doesn't think about that? You know, yeah. And again, you don't get a hundred percent unless you put in a hundred percent, and mm-hmm. it's tough. Like like you know, like you're mentioning, it's really difficult because again, we're human and we're we don't have complete control over our own like our our, just our own you know way of thinking even because again if you tell yourself don't think about how hungry you are right now what's the first thing you do you think about how hungry you are right now (laughs) which i actually am right now (laughs) that's that's the first thing that came to my head you know i was like what's the one thing i shouldn't think about what am i having for dinner yeah my brain was like you're hungry <laughs> it's like oh shoot <laughs> you know and it's just it just goes to show how simple it is to not want to or not even you know or just to consider how 
difficult it is to give 100%, you know, which yeah. is why whenever I see people who just give 110%, it's like, what the heck? Like, how do those people, those people exist? Like, you know, <laughs> those people are actually out there. And, you know, it, those are the kind of people you think, wow, when I grow up, I want to be just like him or her. You know? I swear a lot of the times I look at you, Christine, I'm like, I want to be just like her when I grow up. <laughs> Oh, you flatter me, Carlos. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, again, sort of just going over this, like, general topic that we've been talking about, you know, just retreats in general. I, I think mm -hmm. that if we look at simple things as being like retreats, if we, if we can take this mindset of us taking a retreat more often you mm -hmm. know it gives us the idea of just even a simple car ride can be a retreat you know you have i mean obviously you know think about where you're going think about the rules of the road but again a retreat doesn't need to be a let's go over to like a cabin on big bear and you know be there for a whole weekend you know talking about mm -hmm our like our feelings and emotions and our families and our friends and our faith it, it can be i i think it can be just a car riding which you play your favorite praise and worship song you know as long as mm -hmm. you are able to or you allow yourself to feel that presence of god with you mm -hmm. i think that's really all you need for a retreat and i mean yeah. that's like the goal of a retreat is to allow you let yourself feel that presence mm -hmm. And that's why it's, you know, it's such a fulfilling thing to do, to even just take part of. Because when you think to yourself, like, wow, like, we actually got at least one student, you know, to feel this love, to feel this presence, whether it be, you know, whether it be now in the moment or whether it be later on, you, know, you don't always know just how many people get that chance to feel that love, feel that presence, but eventually, you know, they either let you know or they don't, but regardless mm -hmm. of which of those two they choose, you, how, how do I put it? It still gives you like a, a feeling of that. I was able to make an impact in someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, Again, whether whether or not you find out, whether or not they tell you, whether it be through a small piece of paper in which they write one sentence, you know, whether, you know, they kind of just come to you later on and they're like, hey, you know what? Thanks. You know, thanks for what you did mm -hmm. back then. Thanks for just anything, really. It it really just makes a difference. Yeah. Personally, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I continue to do what I do, you know, I just being a youth minister isn't always easy, you know, a lot of the times I, it, it, it's, it's not easy all the time, you know, a lot of the times people just think, so you just sit in your room and you kind of, <laughs> you kind of just chill there and you get paid, but I mean, that's, that's part of it, yeah, but it's, it's just, taking part 
and really, you know, giving the one thing that I find most valuable in anyone is giving your time to experience that, to go through, you know, go through a journey of faith with others. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that you can do that in 48 hours, you know, 48 hours or three months, you know, the, the time frame doesn't matter, but it's the it's that giving of time to others that I think is like, it's something that is beautiful. And it's one of the, one of the best ways that you can serve others, you know, is to give your time to them. Mm. Yeah. What about, what about you, Christine? What's sort of like some, what do you think is the, you know, most beautiful way, I guess, to serve others? The most beautiful way to serve others. Oh, yeah, man. I, I think that, you know, <laughs> to give someone else your time is like mm -hmm. the most selfless and beautiful thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Well, it's hard to top that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I guess, well, let's see. In it all, like, to me, like, what is serving others? Well, it's obviously, it's dedicating your time, but not just time, but your effort. And it, it's like putting your heart into whatever whatever action you're taking to serve others, whether it be, you know, volunteering for mass, you know, like every little action that you can take to serve others. Um, I think it's it's putting that love into it, putting your heart into it, and thinking that, I'm not doing this for me, you know, I'm doing it for, for you and for, for God, you know, um, like you said it so beautifully. I don't know. I don't know how to expand on that or I would only expand on that. Cause I, I think we, we have a very similar way of like viewing how we serve others. Cause I, I think we're, we're pretty similar in that sense, Carlos, you know, like we, great minds think alike right <laughs> but I don't, me and carlos we actually spend a lot of time together i feel like and like just in the events that we do and we we, we hang out and we talk outside of it but like i think I, I get along with you so well and we we mc so well we bounce you know ideas off each other so well because we have that heart and that passion to serve you know and i think when you see your service bear fruit that's when you receive that fulfillment. But you don't go in thinking, okay, I'm going to do this so I can see the outcome. Yeah, you know? It's, it's not so much like you in like, I'm, I'm going to do this so I can feel good later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to do this so that a kid will like me and, you know, they'll, they'll feel like I'm their role model. Like, no, you don't go in with those intentions. You go in with the intention of I'm going to give my, a piece of myself you know, to, to this person, to this effort, to this retreat, to whatever it is, you know, and that's when, I guess that's, that's what, like, life is all about. I mean, for me, like, life is all about those moments that you spend with, you know, each other, that you spend with the people you love, or you spend with a stranger, it's these little encounters, and for me, everything is all wrapped up in, you know, my faith, and in the end, it's like, well, God made this possible. Well, I saw God through this encounter. And I'm going to continue to spread that love because God has given me that love. And I feel like when you, when you really are in touch with your faith and you're really in touch with um, serving others, 
you realize that you can never run out of love to give and you can never run out of love that you have. If you're constantly being filled by, by God's love, by, by the people that you spend time with. And it's always like, like you said, whatever you put in, that's what you're going to get out of it. It's not like you're emptying yourself and like, oh, I'm going to burn out and I've spent too much of my time serving. Like, I feel like you're always given back in return because when you give, you are, you know, you're given too. And I think that's like kind of what I've grown up like from my parents. They really taught me that. And from being in this community, it's that serving in every single sense, whatever it is, how little or big it is that you know you always receive yeah. from what you give yeah yeah see you you were able to you know <laughs> differently and expand on it. <laughs> well you gave me the groundwork <laughs> well, i mean it was an assist right you know <laughs> no but yeah i mean definitely um it like i can't find any better way to put it than if you you only get you only get what you put in and mm -hmm. i think that i i believe that just in general people should retreat more often people yeah. should not just people but i think specifically young adults and you know teenagers if you ever get the chance to uh, either help or be a part of a retreat like take it you know <laughs> like and take it and go into it with the willingness to give it you know just surrender yourself because mm -hmm. that, that's the word that we always try to use like oh surrender this surrender that but you know yeah. again this, this when you think about it this all sounds very military like you know like oh retreat surrender <laughs> you know it all sounds like losing but it's mm -hmm. only in losing like the only thing you lose there is your worry. The only thing you lose there is your stress. The only thing you lose in that battle is like all the bad stuff, all the negative. And I mean, you win in every retreat because whether you put in 1%, 0%, you get something back out of it anyway. Mm -hmm. you know? And if you, if you give it your all, it gets multiplied. Know? yeah it gets multiplied to the point where you'll come back and you know you might just be the um you know youth choir coordinator confirmation teacher retreat coordinator retreat leader speaker mc you know it might just get multiplied that much you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's stop the list there please <laughs> no i'm just joking um Often, right. I, I mean, and oftentimes all it took was just you know one pair of 24 hours that's all it takes a lot of times it's true and it, it that it's that experience that really you know makes a difference and that experience that only you can allow yourself to have mm -hmm. yeah. parents can your parents or whoever you yourself you can send yourself to a retreat but unless you allow yourself to have that experience you're just you're not gonna get it so that's mm -hmm. why uh you know kind of uh we've talked for a while now so you know just <laughs> gotta get to the like you know ending remarks here uh one of the things that i kind of wanted to ask is like you know um after every retreat 
you, there's always that like Jesus high that you're on, where you're just like, I'm gonna go to mass. I'm gonna <laughs> like you know listen to praise and worship every day. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have adoration in my own room every night. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so funny. <laughs> and, you know that that like that Jesus high that you you a lot of us kind of have after retreats. Mm. You know like how do we get that? How do we take that and how do we make it like into something more permanent, you know? And because mm-hmm. I mean, usually after about a month after retreat, you're like back on the uh, back on the like usual rotation of like two playlists and the, the <laughs> and your worship playlist. Like you, you check it, and the last time you played it was like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I I think that um, sort of like to end this episode, I think you know, I'd like for both of us to share sort of like the, um, what is something you do to keep that retreat experience, what you built there, what you gained, what you won in it, and, you know, how mm-hmm. do you make it into something more permanent? And mm-hmm. I'll go, you know, I don't know if you need some time to think about it, but you know, <laughs> I was kind of thinking about it already. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so personally, I think that if you, put some logic into it and you take that period of time where you're like all about God and you're all about your faith and you actually start to plan. I think the best thing to do after retreats is to make plans and know Mm -hmm. how to make effective plans, efficient plans with milestones, achievements, you know, like sort of, you know, something that is achievable. I, I I forget what it was called. It was something like a uh, smart goal setting. There we go. Mm. Where you know you give yourself periods of time. You make things concrete. Yeah. And I I think I really think that that's sort of like the best or what I think is a great way to go about you know taking that retreat experience and turning it into something that is going to stick with you. You know, mm. for example, like um, after a retreat, you're on that like oh, I'm gonna go to mass every day, but you gotta tell yourself because I mean, going to mass every day for the rest of your life may or may not be impossible, you know, mm-hmm. or may not may or may not be possible, you know, at any given time. And you know, so you gotta tell yourself from now on, at least for the next six months, I plan to go to Sunday mass every, you know, every Sunday and you do that to yourself or you tell that to yourself and then you know you make it happen you you go to mass on a sunday and you're like all right one or this week this sunday check you know and you keep that going you know a lot of us have calendars whether we actually write on them or not is you know a lot of the times uh the question (laughs) you know you just got to make things work for yourself you know the schedule, mm. the uh, the way that you already have, that you organize things, start adding God into that. Start adding mm. that, you know, that faith aspect into it. You know? And mm. I think it really goes a long way when you start to implement your faith into your daily, into your everyday life. Because again, you do it every day. Mm. It becomes a habit. And eventually, yeah. it becomes something that is just, it helps you grow in your faith. Mm. Um, for me, 
<laughs> stuff because you well you said the whole like oh i'm gonna listen to jesus music every day <laughs> well that's already what i do every day <laughs> like well, yeah, i mean that can become a part of it too yeah but i mean i guess for me it's a little like it, it it's different just because i already have that routine of you know i i pray a certain time every day or I listen to Jesus music all day every day or whatever it is but I guess after retreats I'm always always on that Jesus high like I don't go out of any retreat not being on that Jesus high yeah but I've noticed that just since I've done so many retreats that after every one I like to just feel like you know you feel in the retreat during the retreat but once you've gone home and you take that with you sometimes I just sit there and you know like every retreat you kind of you get that booklet or you get the notes or whatever it is that yeah. you take home and I always give it about um, a day or two or depending when I'm ready to sit there and just feel I give it you know a day or two and then I sit down and I'm like all right I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna open all of these notes I'm gonna go through the booklet again I'm gonna go through my writings because I tend to do like writings during every retreat mm -hmm. and I read through them and I I basically just reminisce and I walk through the entire retreat one more time and I actually think about every experience every moment encounter that spoke to me or, you know, when the speakers told a story and that really, you know, resonated with me or an experience I had with a student and I realized, wow, I do make a difference. And I sit and I think, like, what are these moments that I've experienced? And then what have I learned and what can I take with me moving forward? How do I be a better leader? How do I remind myself that, hey, I do want to keep serving because I am doing good? Or, you know, what, what new things did I learn? Like, sometimes we learn, like, how to, like, pray and, like, do, like, movements or play with dance or, like, those new fun things that you learn. Like, hey, maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll do a Jesus dance today or, maybe you know. I'll, maybe I'll make myself a mask at home, too, you know, <laughs> putting plaster all over your face. Yeah, who knows, maybe. <laughs> and I think, like, what what can I take with me and everything? Like I'm a very emotional person. I, I feel everything. And mm -hmm. so every single experience, every single retreat, I keep these moments and everything I felt with me. And I think, well, this is how I experienced God. This is how I've grown in my faith. Cause I started at the retreat feeling this way, feeling stressed or down about myself or whatever. And by the end of it, where have I grown? Like, Hey, like the, the retreats where I've yeah. done a talk, I've stood up there and said things I've never said for the first time. And I've really felt it like I'm really happy with myself or whatever it is. And I hold on to those things. And those are what propel me forward in my faith. Those are the things that really make me like experience faith in its natural state. Like, like, you know, I'm here and I don't want that to end just because I've gone home. You know, I want that experience where we were on the stage dancing to, you know, set a fire or whatever. And I remember every single thing or everything that really, like, um, resonated with me. I never let that go. And that's what really is, like, the moments that build me in my faith and that really make me remember and know that God is here. 
and God will continue to be here. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I just continue to hold on to that. And I, you know, I, I go on with my daily life, but once in a while I sit and I look like I pull out one of the notes. So I look, I keep all of my name tags and stuff like that. I'm a very like reminiscent person. So all of that is, you know, I guess that's how I keep my Jesus high. But like, you know, it's like it becomes a piece of my heart. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> this is your heart, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, basically just kind of leads into the ending of our episode here. And I honestly, I wasn't exactly sure which way this uh, this podcast would take. You know, a lot of it was very last minute. Like, hey, you know what? I think I've got the theme down. Sends it to me 20 minutes before. <laughs> I'm really glad that, you know, we got the chance to just share about all this because I think that, you know, someone somewhere at some time will find this and listen to it, you know, or watch Mm -hmm. it and, you know, they'll maybe change their mind about something, you know, and that's really all we're hoping for, you know, that at any given point, this may, you know, make a change in someone and, you Mm -hmm. know, just remind each other that, you know, we can make a change in others and all it takes is, you know, some time to serve. Yeah. Or retreat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all it can take is a pair of 24 hours. (laughs) So with this, you know, I just want to say thank you for everyone who, you know, has either listening or has listened to this or watched it again. Uh, we do this for you guys and hopefully you guys all enjoyed it whether or not you enjoyed it (laughs) is really arbitrary and i'll just say that i enjoyed having uh having christine as a as our guest for this uh this episode here and hopefully we get to see you in a a future episode of sbym cast and i mean i can't wait to uh you know finally find out how or how will retreats change from now on with this, with just yeah. what's currently going on? But hopefully, mm-hmm. we get to do that power duo again. You know, just MC. That was good. Well, thank you for having me. It was great. Um, you know, connecting with Carlos again, and just whoever's listening out there. You know, we're just out here sharing our story and just trying to navigate the crazy that is quarantine 2020. <laughs> All right, everyone, that has been the end of the seventh episode of our SBYM cast. If you haven't already, go ahead and check out the rest of the episodes. Episodes one through six are all on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and give us also a subscribe or a follow and a like if you can. It all it all helps. It doesn't take very much. And if you can, also go ahead and give us a follow on our youth ministry Instagram page at SBYM.JP. And lastly, if you don't have the time to watch all these videos, I know they're a little long, you can always go ahead and give them a listen on our Spotify playlist. Just look for SBYM cast and you should be able to find it. We've got our first six episodes on there and the seventh one should be on there very soon. All right. And with that, I say peace out, stay safe, stay healthy, and again, try to stay holy.